0: board if you want it, Elizabeth. Thank mm-hmm.
1: mm grace and peace to you today in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ as we gather together as we start the beginning of this new Christian year and we start with the, uh, the journey that we've been taking. I, I talked about a little bit of this last week and we're going to be going into a little bit more as we get later on into the service, but for those of you who have not been able to join us in a bit, uh, this is the first Sunday of Advent, which marks the first Sunday of the new Christian year. And we are now in year A, so we have started this whole cycle all over again, and for the next three years, we'll be journeying through the entire book of the Bible once again. So as we begin this new season, as we prepare our hearts for all that is to come in this new year, I want us to join together with the Psalms, Psalms 122. It will be a call and response, and as always, you guys are the yellow text. So join with me this morning. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of your relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. Let us pray this morning. God of glory, we know that you are coming at an unexpected hour. Come to us now in spirit and truth. Take us up into your presence and make us ready for your reign of peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Well, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and traditionally we like to think of this as the Sunday that we... We talk about hope, and so instead of the normal three candles that we have to represent the Trinity, we have the Advent wreath, and we light this first candle as a symbol of the hope that we have in Christ. Now, I do have a few different announcements I want to get to. Um, First of all, get a bulletin, because this is your best friend as far as knowing what's going on and what is happening Um, because I don't always get things right, but this will 99% of the time actually be right. So uh, today, if you are uh, still feeling a little peckish from all the Thanksgiving meals that you have participated in in the past couple of days, we are having our Thanksgiving leftover meal. So please come. We have all the different fixings left over. Come together, sit, and enjoy some food with us after service. This Wednesday... Uh, which is November 30th. Uh, there's going to be a card making uh, day here at the church at six o'clock. So instead of the normal women's group, they're going to be doing cards and this is open to anyone. So you know Stan, if you have this secret closet deal of like making cards, come. it's okay. we will embrace you. Uh, I, I believe Amy's setting it all up to be Christmas cards. so if you want to make some, you'll be able to do that. Make whatever.
0: Even better.
1: The Christmas program is going to be next Sunday after service, or not, sorry, not after service, at 5 o'clock with refreshments to follow. We do need some cookies for that, so if you'd like to donate some cookies, bring them in between now and next Sunday. As well as there is a dress rehearsal at 4 o'clock. On that Saturday. So, December 3rd, bring all your children here so we can do a dress rehearsal and work out all the kinks and get uh, everything set up for next week. Then we have Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve at 5 o'clock. Please come and enjoy that. Uh, we'll make sure that it gets done as soon enough so if you have to travel at all, you can still travel without being too late. And then Christmas morning, uh, we are going to do a brunch at 9:30, followed by the service. So feel free to come. Uh, the the dress wear will be even more casual than normal. So feel free to come uh, in a relaxed setting uh, because it's Christmas Day, you know. And if you if you're like us, we like to get up and unwrap presents, you know, in our pajamas and stuff. So feel free to come like that. And uh, finally, there is a. A baptism class that I'm putting together in case you are curious about what it means you want to know how to explain it to people teach your children or you're just curious about what that looks like in general um, there's a sign up in the back on the bulletin board please just sign up so I know I have a rough idea of who is interested so that I, I can format the class properly for that uh, and then once we uh, probably by next week I'll start having actual dates for that class so that we can begin working that out then yes, go ahead. So uh, please help with that. It's always a great way for us to give back and to care for those who are are facing difficulties at this time of year. Um, With that, we have our first reading today. It's going to be Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. If there is someone who is willing to read it, you can pull out your own Bibles, or I have it up here on the, the screen that you can read from. So is there someone willing to read that this morning? This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, thanks be to God. As Amy comes up for uh, worship, uh, as we go there to sing this morning, I just want you to think about that for a second. A a day where no longer are there needs for weapons, no longer is there need for for guns, for bombs, because the presence of the Lord has taken care of all of that. Just imagine a day where there is no more violence. That's the kind of hope that we are, are leaning into in this season, the hope that God will bring that uh, here and, and among us and for us and
0: through us. So.
2: Well, good morning the, uh, this morning. Um, we're glad you guys are all here and hopefully not too tired. I know I'm dragging a little this morning, but we've already on like our fourth pot of coffee, so I think everyone's probably <laughs> feeling similar that I am. I am very loud. Can you turn? I think it's this. Sorry, I'm getting like a lot of feedback. But anyway, our first song this morning is "Our God Saves." So if you would like to um, stand and worship, there's Mike. You got to be in the front, so then everyone follows you. See. No one sees you stand up in the back. (laughs) Join in worship this morning. In the name of the Father, in the
3: name of the Son,
2: in the name of the Spirit,
3: Lord, we come. We're gathered together to lift up your name to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace, Hear the joyful sound of our offering, as your saints bow down, as your people sing, we will rise
2: next song of worship this morning is Whom Shall I Fear?
3: You hear me when I call, you are my morning song,
0: though
2: darkness fills Oh If you want for our second reading this morning, um, it is in Matthew 24:36 through 44, if you, anyone wants to turn there. Okay, thank you. This is the word of the Lord. Um, together we say thanks be to God. We're going to continue our worship and song this morning with um, the song Hosanna, Praise is Rising. You are free to stand back up if you
4: want. <laughs> I like your
0: eagerness. <laughs>
2: next song this morning is, Come Thou Long, Expected Jesus. Apparently we're going to sing that one again. Uh, (laughs) Which I know that the kids are singing this song in their program. It's a little bit different uh, rhythm though, so I might throw them off. But I think the words are the same. (laughs) Um, uh, As we're starting the season of Advent, it's as we are... um, anticipating the birth of Jesus. Um, So our Advent songs are are not necessarily about Jesus being born, but but anticipating his coming and his birth. Um, So join with me as we sing.
1: I beg you all to please continue to uh, bear with us as we uh, continue to work things out between our sound and then the worship team and all that. Every week it seems that things continue to change, and then that just makes even more uh, of a headache for trying to get stability. Uh, And if any of you have ever worked with technology, specifically audio stuff, you know that even if you don't touch anything from week to week, something will change and you don't know how. So just Bear with us as we continue to uh, work through that. The reading today that we will be hearing and and speaking on is in Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. So if you are able, I ask that you please stand today for the reading of God's word as we uh, look into this first Sunday of Advent. It says this, Besides this, you know what time it is. How it is now time! Now, how is now the moment for you to wake from sleep? For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone; the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in revelling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarrelling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray this morning. O God of our people and Lord of every nation, let your word ring out from the mountains and your spirit shine forth in the earth, so that all may hear your teaching and all may do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, may there be peace forever. Amen. Well, before we get into the, the main bulk of the the sermon here, I, I wanted to share with you all Because last week we we ended the the church year and I talked about how we we follow the revised common lectionary that follows year A, B, and C, three years that bring us through uh, a good majority, about 70 to 80% of the Bible and, and how we now are coming back to it again. And so then I started looking and thinking, because this is the first church that I've been at where I've had the opportunity to actually work through all three years with a single church. And so I looked at it, and I looked at a very scary statistic. The average tenure of a pastor. <coughs> Want to take a guess at to how long the average tenure of a pastor is? Three, three years. <laughs> four. Four years. 12, three, 4, 6, and a half. six and a half, 10. If you said 3, you're close. It's 3.2. So by like February, March, I'm supposed to be out of here. Is, is, according to statistics, I'm not. Yes. I, Sophia, calm you yourself, bring you? your heart rate down. And, no, here, here's the deal. I looked at that because I was just curious because here I am and I'm a planner. I have to plan, especially with like my ADHD. I, I try to plan out so that I have that structure. And so I'm starting this new year, this new cycle. And I'm thinking, great. I have three more years where I can start fresh because only a few of you, only a handful of you walked with me through the first three years. So I'm looking forward to what I can do with all of you with the next three years. And so I looked that up and I was like, my goodness. So like most pastors by this time leave and we wonder why churches have stability problems. That's a totally different topic. That is not something I would ever preach on, but I would definitely rant about in person with anyone who would love to hear it. I, I just, I thought about that and, I, and it, it burdened me because I thought a pastor needs to be one who comes and is integrated with their people. To be effective, we must become one. We must become a family. I'm not just someone who just is off by themselves, and that's not how it works. That's not how it functions in a healthy format. But three years, while it's a long time, it's not long enough to really build those deep relationships fully, not with a lot of people. And so I've, Like I said, my plan is not that now I can't speak for the Lord who knows God can change anything at any point So i'm not going to stand here and say I will not absolutely never ever Because you know what happens when you say those kind of things But what I will say is that I have no plans for that because instead I have other plans you see For the next three years my my hope and my goal, especially as we journey through this new cycle Is to do three things, uh, and they're not going to be like Step one step two step three kind of deal because we're all in different areas We're all at different levels uh, of our christian faith And so instead it's going to happen all together in a very messy and confusing interlocking web of of growth And so the first thing that I want is for those who who are feeling like they don't have stability that they don't have a strong foundation of their faith We're going to work on building that We've already started a little bit if you remember last week uh your bulletin at the bottom, it has the daily readings. Every week, uh, you have readings, Monday through Saturday, and then I give you the text for next Sunday as well. Daily readings that you can read, and that, that helps shape and, and focus you so that you can reflect on what the service was about the previous week and to prepare yourself for the next week. And then I also had, and there's more on the back tables, uh, a short little uh, t- form formula of Prayer to help prepare your hearts as you do this if you so choose and as I said last week, this is a tool so you can try it and if it works great and if it doesn't work, no, no skin off me, you know, it's okay, but it's a tool to try to help give you those those skills to help give you that foundation and that stability and we're going to continue to work on that as we go throughout this this next three year cycle. But then there's some of you who have that foundation. You have that stability. And so we're going to be working on some advanced growth within the church. And I'm not talking numerically. I don't care about the numbers. That is always a a side effect of what God is doing. Whenever you read in scripture about uh, people doing the will of God well, numbers follow. I'm not concerned about trying to grow the church numerically. I'm worried about trying to grow us physically. Physically as well as emotionally and, and, uh, did I say physically, I, I meant spiritually, but then I was also going to say physically, because, because we believe that our faith is not just a, a way of thinking. It is life. It is our actions. It is how we, we work and do. That's why we use the word liturgy, which is the work of the people it is how we, how we live our lives. And so I want us to grow and advance in in our family structures, in our work structures, our school structures, whatever it may be, to continue to grow in that. And then finally for everyone because this this is not dependent upon where you are at in your growth in Christ. We're going to work on building more and more of this idea of radical witnessing. And I know that might sound scary because it may sound like I'm going to force us all to go door to door and talk to people that we're uncomfortable with. But no, uh, w- what I mean by that more is how we live our life together as a church. I want it to be so radically different from what the world expects. Something that I'm so proud of is, is my church family. You guys who put on this Thanksgiving meal for everyone who didn't quite have family to, to go with and to be with, that is radically different because even within churches, when you get to holidays like this, they say, yeah, that's family time. So everyone go be with families. And we often forget those who are on the outside, those who don't have family to share it with. And so I'm so proud that you guys took that initiative and those are the kind of things that I want to continue to foster because that's the kind of stuff that will make someone look at us and say what in the world why would you spend your your family holiday with these people instead of going off by yourself being just with your family so those are the ways that I want us to grow in the next 3 years since I have no plans of leaving don't let the rumors start please please don't but on the opposite hand when we come to prayer time i do want you to be in prayer because that statistic for churches and pastors is really really sad because it's a two-way street pastors leave after three years because sometimes churches are very very nasty to pastors and their families as well as sometimes pastors just are not a good fit for the church or they are always trying to seek after something that they never find because they want to find the perfect church where they don't have to work at working with people who are messy. And I don't know anyone who isn't messy at some point in our life. You know, it's people. That's, that's the nature of it. So remember that for prayer time because that's a very sad statistic and I'd love to see that number grow instead of shrink. So all of that said, we come now to the first Sunday of Advent And I want us to to recenter our minds. This is not the Christmas season yet. No matter what retail says, no no matter what the Hallmark Channel says, it is not Christmas time. Now, on your own time, if you want to enjoy some Christmas movies, if you want to watch, you know, Elf or Santa Claus or whatever, by all means. But as we gather, we're going to hold off on our Christmas celebration until it's actually Christmas time. This is the season of Advent. And that's very different. And I don't want us to rush it. Just like when you play music, you have to play your rests. You have to take your breath, your pause. Advent is a time where we rest and we pause before the big celebration so that we can better see and understand. And so this this time of Advent, uh, Advent literally means to anticipate. It is a season of anticipation. It's where we remember Christ coming as a baby and we anticipate the coming and what all that means and how that shapes our lives. But there's another layer to that. You see, we are in this odd position in history where Christ has come as a baby. And so we can remember beforehand and we can anticipate that in a form of remembrance but just as we spoke about with Christ the King Sunday we also have this anticipation of Christ coming yet again and so we live in this this kind of dual anticipation mode where we can remember the way life was before Christ but we can also look forward to the way life is going to be when Christ returns And because we so often look back to baby Jesus, I wanted to take a different route this season. And I wanted this Advent to be focused on the idea of uh, living in the current Advent, where we are currently anticipating the coming of Christ yet again, where we see how these actions that we take today will shape us and form us and prepare us For that moment. And this is what this text is doing here in the book of Romans. Paul is trying to talk back to the the Christians who are in Rome. Trying to help them understand that hey there is this coming. And, And really what he's struggling with is that a lot of the Christians were becoming lethargic about it. You know what happens when you anticipate something for too long. It becomes boring. Almost as if you can't reach it anymore. Especially if you ever work with children. If you tell children, in three years, you will be able to do yada, yada, yada. You know, uh, Elizabeth is seven. So in what? Five is 12, seven is 14. Eight years, Elizabeth, you can start driving. Do you think that that has any, like any emotion that comes up inside of her, any actual, like, oh, boy, I can't wait, and she's going to start marking down the calendars. (laughs) Oddities aside, it's this idea that, like, it's so far off. There's so long to wait that it can almost become tedious. And so you forget, and you let it go out of mind, and you stop caring about it. Whereas if we were to say, hey, tomorrow we're going on vacation, good luck getting your children to go to sleep, right? Because they're too, you know, I always remember that one commercial for Disney. I'm too excited to sleep. No? Yes. Yes, if you go back and watch some old DVDs or VHS and they'll have that commercial in the (laughs) beginning. Just saying. So what Paul is struggling here is that, He's told the Christians, hey, Christ is going to return. And they're all excited, they're all ready to go, and and they're starting to change their lives. But then as the days pass, and as it doesn't come true, they become more and more lethargic about what they actually do. They start to say, well, does it really matter? I mean, he hasn't come yet. It's been two years. So, I mean, what if today I really don't try to live as Christ-like as I did yesterday? What if... I decide to go back into some of my old habits because they're way more comfortable. They're easier to live with. And Paul saying, no, no, you can't do that. To anticipate the coming of Christ is to live in it daily. And so he's trying to get them to understand the necessity of this Advent season. The other thing I want us to hold on to, especially as we move into this discussion more fully, is we have this language of putting on, taking off. And and it's in regards to clothing. And Paul is using this very specific wording here. I I believe it is – sorry, I have to flip back a page. Um, In verse – Yes. In verse 12, where it says the night is far gone and the day is near, let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. That that phrasing comes from what was a baptismal hymn for the Christians back then. When they were being baptized, they would be singing this in a form of song because they believed, and th- this goes into like our baptism class, they, they believed that by, by being in the water, having that water poured over them, uh, however the method that was happening to them, that it was washing away. They were taking off their old clothes of, of sinfulness. And they were putting on these new clothes of Christ. And so as you read that, I want you to be thinking of that transformation of that new life that comes. Uh, and, and especially as as we move forward here. Because what we have to see as we prepare ourselves to fully embrace this idea of Advent is that God continues to provide hope. God is always continuously providing hope for us. And we'll see the interplay between hope and anticipation here in just a second. Because as we look into this text, we see some actions take place. First off, we have Paul talking about waking up. He says, besides this, you know what time it is. How is now the moment for you to wake from sleep? How many of you woke up to your alarm clock this morning? I I was going to say, how many didn't want to wake up to their alarm clock this morning? It, (laughs) It is time to to awaken. See, sleep is very passive. Now, there's probably some scientists or biomechanical whatever that would argue that sleep is a very active thing because your body's doing stuff, blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't care about this, that, that level of detail. We go, we lay down, we close our eyes, and then we don't have to cognitively tell ourselves, okay, and sleep. Sometimes I wish that worked for you know when you can't go to sleep, but it doesn't. But it's, it's very passive. And when we are sleeping, someone can do something to us. You know, that's why you do the pranks of like the shaving cream in the hand and you tickle their nose. And so they, you know, like it's, it's a passive thing. Whereas being awake is active. To be awake means you have to pay attention. You have to keep your head up. You have to keep your eyes up I know I'm describing half of you right now. That turkey is still lingering in your, your, your stomach. Uh, it's an active thing. You have to be moving around. If something happens, your child screams off in the other room. You have to get up and see what they're doing. It's an active part of your life. And so Paul is calling them from being passive participants to active participants, to actually doing something with their lives, not just letting life happen around them, not not just letting life pass them by, but to actually step up and step into their life by actively doing something about what is happening. And then we go into verse uh, verse twelve, where he talks about taking off the the uh, the works of darkness and putting on the armor of light. Again, this action, we all got dressed this morning, right? We all had to actively take off our pajamas and put on our clothes. It's not something that just happens, you know, like in the TV shows when they wake up and they just snap their fingers and boom, oh there there you go, they're dressed. You actually have to do it. You have to find what you're wearing. And then uh, if you're like me, you find something and you, then you start to put it on. You're like, oh man, that didn't work out because I'm still you know, stuff from the weekend. So you put on a different shirt and hope that that fits better. And you have to actively do it. <coughs> he's using these words because he's trying to invoke this idea of, of motion, of, of responsibility on our part to take and do something because anticipation is not a passive thing anticipation is active you don't just sit back and wait for it to happen you actually have to do things to prepare for it you go on vacation it's not just like you book the tickets and then you say okay we're on vacation you need to pack Uh, if, if you're, you're going somewhere where you need to bring food, you need to pack the food with you. You know, if you're camping or something like that, uh, if you're going down to a resort, you need to plan for, uh, the, the different things that you're going to be doing, the activities. It's not something that you just get to sit back and hope that it all works out. You actually have to prepare for it. And so then it brings us to this idea of hope. And hope is, is this beautiful concept. That you can't really hold on to, but it has so much interplay in our lives. You see, hope drives these actions. When we have hope, it's easier to wake up. You're starting a new job, you're really excited about it, and that hope of like, oh, this is going to be so much better than my previous job allows you to actually get up in the morning and, and be like, oh yes, I can do this, I, I, I can tackle the day, or, or the... You know, children on Christmas morning, the hope of getting the presents that they've always wanted. They'll be up at four o'clock in the morning saying, yes, let's go. Whereas, you know, some days it's, it's torture to try to get your children up and going and ready. And hope drives us. But then it is also hope that keeps us going. It is the idea of hope that allows us to move into anticipation, the work that is put into it. Because if we didn't have hope, if we didn't have the hope that Christ was coming back again, then why would we change our lives? Why would we say, okay, let's get rid of all these these things that uh, Paul lists out as works of darkness, reveling, drunkenness, debauchery, licentiousness, quarreling, jealousy. Some of those sound like a pretty good time if we didn't care about the outcome. People live in that. People believe that that, way of life because they don't have a hope that supersedes that. And so it is hope that not only drives us, but it compels us to work in this idea of anticipation. But there's something that is tricky about hope. We have to be careful where we get placed it. Because when we have hope, we we open ourselves up to one of two things, either to disappointment or to distress. If you are experiencing disappointment with the hope that you have, it means you have placed your hope in the wrong thing. Did you catch that? If you are experiencing disappointment with the hope that you have, it means that you have placed it in the wrong thing. Hoping in the stock markets, probably not the best thing if you don't want to be disappointed. Hoping in people, not the best thing if you want if you don't want to be disappointed. Because as good as any of us are, we will always disappoint. There's a limit to what we can do. But if we are hoping in something, hoping in the right thing, hoping in, oh, say, Christ, hoping in the anticipation in the coming of christ we won't be experiencing disappointment but we may experience a little bit of distress because when we experience distress with our hope that just means that we are going contrary to the world it means that we have shaped our lives in a way where the world doesn't agree with us and so there's some friction happening there's a rubbing of different opinions and values when we put off these things of reveling and drunkenness and debauchery and licentiousness and quarreling and jealousy, which were all really big in the Roman Empire, by the way, they, like they were promoted. Um, when we put those off, all of suddenly our neighbors might not like us as much because we're not going out and partying with them and causing all sorts of trouble amongst the neighborhood. But that distress is not a devaluation of the hope that you have. It is proving that the hope that you have is in the right thing. It is in Christ. Going back to this idea of putting on and taking off and waking up, I couldn't help but think of the fact that like, I, maybe I'm the only one winter is the hardest time for that, right? Your bed is warm. The air is cold, getting out of the nice, comfortable sheets to get up and out of bed Instant chill, your body starts to go, oh no, I want to stay in my bed. And then then you go to the worst part. You have to take off your clothes so you can put on cold clothes so that you can be dressed for the day. It's very distressing to your body, right? Your body's saying, No, I want to stay warm, I want to stay comfortable. I know Christopher, we 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 have disagreements about how quickly he gets stressed because he will want to wait until like the furnace is kicking on so he can stand under the register because he's so cold and he doesn't want to be cold. And so we think about it and again, maybe I'm the only one, but I just, I don't, I don't like that. But I think about the distress that it's causing and how it's okay. I'm not dying from it. It's not a bad thing. It's just preparing me. If anything, it's helped waking me up so I can be more wide eyed. And ready for the day. It's kind of like when you go and take and plunge your head into ice water, and then you're like, "Ooh, now, now I'm, now I'm awake." It's not fun. It's not pleasant. But it does the job. So I don't want us to be distraught if we feel distress. That is okay. And so as we move into this season, as we move down, because from here we go from hope to this idea of preparation, being prepared, I I want us to realize that we need to take active charge of this. We need to look for this, this idea of what Paul ends with in verse 14, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that look like for us? How do we put on the Lord Jesus Christ every morning? Is it some sort of action that you actually need to do? Maybe it's getting up and going through your prayer and Bible readings to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know. Maybe maybe that would help. Uh, But there's there's something that we need to do to remind us that we are putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. And by doing that, we are anticipating his coming yet again. Holding on to the hope that was. So it drives us so we can make these challenging changes. By by getting rid of these, these things in our lives that do not match up with the kingdom. And by looking towards the hope that we have in Christ. That it will be all worth it. That the distress that we feel will be okay. Now this season... As, as much as it's all about, you know, thankfulness and, and great gratitude and, and love and kindness and goodwill towards all and everything like that. How many of you actually experienced that? Oh, let's say uh, last Friday. How many, how many people were very cheerful as you were in the stores shopping if you were those sorts of people? Or as we get closer to Christmas and people realize that they didn't get what they needed and they go to the stores. And they're running around, racing around, cutting you off, trying to get into the the parking lot. And as it snows even more and people forget how to park in parking lots. And so you have some spaces that are this tiny and then you have some that are huge. And this season is the perfect time for us to put into practice, to actively work towards putting on Christ. To remember the love and mercy and grace that we need to show to others. To be the ones who bring peace and kindness and gentleness and humility to this world. It's not easy. Especially when you've already had a very busy day and you forgot that you had to do something and then that person cuts you off. It's not easy to be like, I forgive you. I'm going to show love to you. Especially as we both pull in the same parking lot. And I'm going to see you in the store. I'm I'm not going to hold that against you. The season is the one of the hardest for us to stay calm, to stay loving. And yet that makes it the perfect time for us to put this into practice. And so just as the Israelites were filled with hope, anticipating the coming of Christ yet again. I want us to be thinking about right now in this time Have we forgotten what it means to anticipate Christ coming? Have we forgotten what it means to let our lives be shaped and changed? To put on Christ, to take off the works of darkness, to waken up, to actually actively do something in our lives that is leaning us towards Christ and away from our our own desires, our own hearts that lead us astray. we allowed ourselves to be filled with the hope, not just that Christ came, but that Christ will come again. So as we go into uh, a prayer time today, uh, if uh, I don't know where Sam are seeing when. If someone wants to come up and play, um, to, to help us <clears throat> I, I want us to pr- I want us to be in prayer like I said especially for that pastoral statistics that I shared about I want us to be in prayer uh, for the, the different things that a lot of us have been struggling with health and flu uh, the flu season being one of the funnest to be a part of peace during family gatherings And, uh, if y'all can remember me, I, I haven't, I mean, I shared this with some of you, I've been, ha- back in March, I had my surgery on my knee, everything was going well. Then all of a sudden I started having pain again and I've been in physical therapy now for another seven, well, it's been what, a month now. Uh, and it's, it's still not getting good. Um, they're trying to figure out what's even wrong with it that's causing the pain in my leg. Um, so if you could just pray for me, that would be wonderful. Um, I've at least gotten this week the the past two nights I've been able to sleep without waking up in pain. Um, and so just just pray for me in that because it's it's not fun. Any of you who've had joint pain or, or pain in your arms or your legs, you know, you know how. Fun it is to deal with it. So let us pray to the Lord this morning. If, if by chance you're struggling with this idea of hope, you're struggling with this idea of anticipation, you're not sure that you really want to wake up. It's a great time to pray about that. Or you have woken up, but you're, you're you still feel a little groggy. You still have you know the sleep dust in your eyes and you're, you're wondering, what does it mean to put on the Lord Jesus Christ? What does it mean to get rid of the, the works of darkness in my life? How does that work? This is a time to pray that the Holy Spirit may show that within your life to, to guide you and to lead you in that. So let us pray this morning. sisters and brothers in Christ for the sake of the world that God so loves let us pray we pray for the peace of Jerusalem we pray for the peace in every nation that people will turn their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and study war no more We pray for the peace of the church. We pray for peace in Christ's body to put an end to fear and fighting and help us to proclaim in word and action the good news of salvation to all. We pray for peace of this community. We pray for peace in this place For safety in our homes and streets. For the prosperity of our neighbors. And for the health of family and friends. Lord, we pray for your churches and for your pastors. This sad statistic that only 3.2 years. The fact that pastors feel like they cannot stay that long. The fact that uh, churches cannot keep a pastor for that long. The fact that this is even something that we are aware of is heartbreaking. And we pray that you might make a change in that. Lord, I pray for us today as we start this new season as we begin to actively anticipate your coming yet again, help us to shed those works of darkness, those things that fill our lives, that lead us to nothing but ill-gotten ends. I pray that instead we may wake up, see that the light is coming, that you are coming, and may we put Christ Jesus on. May we be clothed with the the works of light. Transform us, O God. Help us to see you working in our lives so that we may continue to be filled with hope, so that we might have that energy to go forward. And let us listen to what is happening within our lives. May we we see that if we are experiencing a lot of disappointment, we have placed our hope in the wrong thing. And may we be able to readjust. But if we are just facing a lot of distress, just as we do in these cold mornings, may we be encouraged because that is a sign of following in your steps. Oh, Lord, help us to put you on each and every day, to allow ourselves to be changed and transformed, to actively work towards that within our lives so that we might be representatives of your kingdom in this place. God of the future, make us ready for the coming of your reign, when you will bring everlasting peace and renew the face of the earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Come with gratitude and joy to the table of the Lord. Bring the works of your hands and the gifts of your lives as an offering of praise. If we could have the the ushers come forward today. It's uh, Timothy, Sophia, Isaac. Therefore, let us prepare our hearts to be God's sanctuary. Covenant God, in the beginning you called your creation good and flooded it with beauty and bounty, with goodness and grace. In the days of Noah, you Away sin and draw your own sons and daughters to yourself. Through your covenant with Israel, your promises flow to all nations, and in Christ Jesus, you drew us out of our waywardness into the relentless flood of your mercy. His death was the drowning of. As you come to us, be our very food and drink. Send your Holy Spirit upon this bread and this cup, and make them be for us the body and blood of your Son Jesus Christ, who at supper with his disciples took the bread and gave you thanks. He broke the bread and gave Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. God of prophets and promises, as you turn swords into plowshares, take our sin and reshape it for salvation. Take our foolishness Not to temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. When you are ready, you may come and receive the elements. If you would like to be prayed for, uh, you can also come up and you can kneel at the altar rails. As we close out this morning, join with me
3: as we sing
1: about where our hope is built. About that day and hour, no one knows. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Be ready, for the Lord will come at an unexpected hour. And so may the grace of Christ, the love of God, and the Spirit's joy surround you as you walk in the light of the Lord. Go in the grace of God. God bless you. And stay for a wonderful meal uh, after service.